Hello and welcome back to the Speak Up Sports Podcast. I'm Anna Lively, host of this podcast. I'm excited for you all to hear this new episode because I am joined with a former NFL player and co-host of American Ninja Warrior, Akbar Abaja Biamila. Akbar and I talk about his football journey, his work with ANW, and lots more. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this episode with other sports fans. I hope you all are ready to sit back, relax, and enjoy this fun conversation. Well, welcome back to the Speak Up Sports podcast. I'm Anna Lively, and on this episode, I am joined with former NFL player and co-host of American Ninja Warrior, Akbar Abajabiamila. Akbar, thanks so much for coming on and joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Anna. And you know what? You made saying the last name so easy. It was like you're a pro. <laughs> hey, I was trying my best to make sure it was right. So yeah. for you, I want to start with you. For growing up, did you always want to play in the NFL? No, actually, I didn't. Um, I had dreams of playing in uh, the NBA. I thought I was going to play um, 15 years in the NBA. I was going to play next to Magic Johnson. And it was just, that was the dream right there for me. And I, I had really set out on a path to do that every day, you know, dribbling a basketball, watching feverishly the Lakers growing up. And, you know, uh, back in the day, now it sounds like that old, there were training tapes and, you know, Dean Smith, who was then the coach of the Carolina Tar Heel, North Carolina Tar Heel. Um, of course, they were famous for producing guys like Sam Perkins, James Worthy and, and Michael Jordan. And I was like, I got to get his tape. And so I would watch his tape and learn how to, you know, the proper way to dribble a basketball and the proper way to shoot. And, and yeah, it's, gosh, man, you, you're taking me back down memory lane here. But uh, yeah, I really, really, that was, that was it. And I didn't make the switch until later, later on to football in my uh, sports career. So that's interesting to hear. You didn't for a while. So when did you decide you wanted to go into football? Was it during college? What, what time frame? Well, I, it wasn't when I decided. <laughs> um, my brother, um, you know, he played football before, you know, prior and he was really, really successful in football. And everyone was like, man, you're, you're the next one. You should play football. And I'm like, no, barbarians play football. I'm not playing any football, you know. In basketball, you get a foul and you stand up. You know, you're the toughest dude in the room because you took a hard foul. And that type of hardness didn't necessarily transfer over into, into football. And so anyways, they kept pursuing me, my high school coach, who, who I absolutely love. But uh, at the time, I didn't see it. I'm like, no, 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 no. And finally, I just got so tired of them wearing me down and asking me to play football. I'm like, you know what? All right, I'll do it. They say, oh, yeah, if you're an athlete, you can play anything. I said, all right, I'll try it. And my first day of practice, uh, you know, this was uh, my junior, the end of my junior year, it's like spring ball or something like that. Uh, I stepped on that field. Ooh, I was crying. It was so painful. Um, and I go, oh, no. And so I quit. I quit. I was like, I'm done. And my coach told my dad, 
And my dad was like, if you start it, you finish it. And I was like, no, this is not for me. He goes, well, all right, well, you quit that, then you quit basketball. And that was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like, I, I had given my entire life at that point to uh, basketball. So um, I started playing football. And, you know, I didn't have a good attitude in the beginning. But uh, over time, um, just because I think what was – I was afraid of how hard it was and how new I was. And I was uncoordinated and didn't know what the heck I was doing out there. And uh, that's that's where it started. It started in my senior year in high school. Um, and could you believe it? I got zero basketball scholarship, wow. five college football offers um, for scholarship offers. And uh, all along, the, the moral of this story was my coach, uh, he had it right. My high school football coach had it right. He saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself. And so I always tell to young kids, you know, sometimes you fight against your parents or you fight against, you know, those coaches, the people who are really looking out for you. Sometimes they can see things in you that you just cannot see in yourself. And uh, I'm so grateful because that changed the trajectory of my life. Well, that's a really cool story to hear because you were so, you know, fond of basketball and then you, it took, you didn't start football till later in high school, but then you ended up playing in college and beyond, but after you went undrafted in the 2003 NFL draft, like what motivated you to keep training so that you could get signed by a team? Well, you know, uh, for, for me, it was, you know, you know, I played, had a good career at San Diego state uh, playing football, go Aztecs. Um, in fact, they've got a new brand new stadium, Snapdragon stadium uh, that they're debuting this season. So I'm excited to go there, but, uh, you know, love the Aztecs. And, you know, after I finished my football career at San Diego State, it was time to move on to the pros. And, you know, in 2003, I thought I was going to be drafted and I didn't get drafted. And it was heartbreaking because, you know, you asked earlier, you know, you know, when did I kind of think about playing in the pros? Well, that was about maybe my junior year in college is when I thought I had an opportunity. I said, hey, I, I might be draftable. Um, because my brother got drafted. And so I would just kind of follow along in his footsteps, really. And um, in 2003, you know, I, I'll never forget because, you know, there's drafted and undrafted. Undrafted means you've got some talent, but you got to prove yourself. Mm -hmm. And I worked my butt off during training camp, but I just wasn't sure because they had drafted a first rounder in my position. They had some uh, veterans on the team at my position. They drafted a third rounder in my, in, at my position, and they drafted a fifth rounder in my position. I'm going, oh, boy, okay, this is going to be a fight. I felt like Rocky Balboa going up against Ivan Drago in the Rocky movie. I just felt like I was just going up against a giant. And I'll never forget, it's the last day of training camp. And so, you know, and there's this guy that they call the Grim Reaper. And the Grim Reaper is the guy who comes and cuts you from the team. Um, he does the coach's dirty work. He comes to tell you, bring your, bring your playbook. Uh, the coach wants to see you. That's code for you're out of here, buddy. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember I was in the auxiliary locker room. And that's the locker room where you quite haven't made the team, but you're on the team and you're outside of the main team. And I'll never forget, I'm in the auxiliary locker room and I'm hiding behind the door as if they couldn't find me. I'm 6'6", 275 <laughs> at the time, but I'm, I'm dead serious. I feel like I am hiding. And um, 
because I knew practice started, uh, I forgot, I uh, can't remember the time now, but it was like 10 minutes, 15 minutes before practice. And I was hiding. I'm like, if they, if I can just make it to practice, because by the time the horn rings uh, for practice, that means I made the team. So I just wanted to get it out to like force myself on the team. And so I'm hiding and I'm like, well, I can't be late. And I'm like, man, I know they're looking for me. They're probably going all over the facility looking for me. And so I, um, I, I run out there with five minutes left to go. I'm like, oh, well, here, here we go. And I get a slap on my butt and I'm thinking, oh no, they got me. And it was one of my teammates, Rob um, uh, Rom Romanowski, um, Bill Romanowski. And Bill Romanowski goes, congratulations, you made the team. And I was like, the horn hasn't sounded yet. And when that horn sounded, I'm telling you, I had to put my helmet on because we're just warming up. I had to put my helmet on because I'm crying. So this is now the second time in football that I'm crying. I'm crying and going, oh, my goodness, I made the team. And it was one of those things I'll never forget that feeling because it just hits you when you have an entire life of work put into athletics and then you achieve your dream. You know what I mean? That was that wow, was that's weird a to me. Story. That was, yeah, that's the pinnacle. That to me, I mean, that was it. There, it, there was there's no other lead beyond the NFL. And so, man, I was in tears, and I'm like, man, you better get yourself together. You got practice, but the story's not over. I got to tell this quick little story. Because afterwards, I had no plans. I made no plans to get an apartment. I was still staying in the hotel. And I'm like, oh, shoot. I got to find a place to live. Like, the season starts next week. And I have no place to live. And I just remember sitting in my hotel, like, maybe two or three hours later. And I was just, it just hit me. It all just hit me like I did it. So it was, um, I was on the scramble then to go look for an apartment. Because I didn't even make plans to even... I was just so focused on making the team. I didn't even think about, oh, shoot, I should find an apartment or, or, or a place to live. Well, that's an awesome story about that yeah. journey. And then, you know, continuing to work hard after you were undrafted, but then you made the team and continued to play for multiple years in the NFL. But after your playing career, you went on to be a part of lots of different TV shows, one of them being American Ninja Warrior. What made you decide to want to co-host this show? Well, you know, in Los Angeles, living in the L.A. life, um, you know, um, there's this thing called the audition, but I'll get back to that. But I went to school, San Diego State, um, go Aztecs again. Um, they're such an integral part of my, uh, my life, especially coming out of high school. But uh, I really fought to, um, you know, with the coaches when I was at San Diego State, I'm like, hey, I want to major in communications and I want to do new media studies. Because growing up, huge fan of Oprah Winfrey. Um, and I, I was like, man, this is what I want to do. I want to be a broadcaster. You know, I, I, I listened to sports broadcasting. I remember looking at Chick Hearn from the Lakers. Um, and then as I got to college, there was guys like Stuart Scott. So I was just influenced by, you know, being a TV personality, um, specifically in sports. And, um, and I just realized I didn't have a big enough career in football and I didn't know how I was going to make that transition. Because typically, sports broadcasting is held for people who played in the Super Bowl, Hall of Famer, you know, you, you know, something, you have to have some type of accolades. Well, I didn't have those accolades in football, and I didn't know how I was going to necessarily pivot, because who, who wanted to hear from me when they could hear from Deion Sanders, you know? And uh, so what I did was I went back 
to the area where I invested the most amount of my time um, as a young adult, which was San Diego. So after I played for the Raiders, I played for the Chargers a little bit. They were in San Diego at the time. I went back to San Diego. I locked, I knocked on the door at the studio of the local NBC. And I said, hey, my name is Akbar. I introduced myself, uh, Bajan Gamilla. I'd love to do the post-game show for the Aztecs and for the Chargers. And they looked at me like, okay, kind of like that looked like, why would we do that? And I said, I'll do it for free. And they go, okay, cool. <laughs> and <laughs> I kind of forced my way in there. And that's how my, my, my journey um, started. So fast forward, I'm, I'm in Los Angeles and, you know, trying to get my career started. It was just hard. Again, they didn't have a big name, but I, I worked for two years in San Diego at the local NBC for free to work up my skill because I played ball. I had no internship in broadcasting, so I had to create my own internship. And that was it. So I came to L.A. and I auditioned and I got nose after nose after nose after going on auditions. And like after a while, you just go like, OK, I know what they're going to say now. I get to the point where there's the call for, uh, you know, they were looking for a host. I was working at the NFL Network at the time. Um, and they say, hey, there's this audition for the show called American Ninja Warrior. Now, this is between you and I, Anna. They said, had you ever heard oh, of Oh, the American listeners. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I know the listeners, listen, but, you know, this is just between you and I. I'm not telling them okay. this. They can hear it, but I'm not telling them this. It's just between you and I. I got you. They, uh, they said, um, had you heard of American Ninja Warrior? I go, nope, never heard of it. Uh, this is my agent. But when I got to the audition, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I heard of this show. Oh, yeah, I watch it all the time. Oh, it was lying through my teeth. Um, and so I had watched a couple of episodes just to be familiar with it. But, you know, because I got all the no's and all the prior, um, uh, you know, auditions, I went in there so loose. just like, I'm just going to go out there and have fun. They're going to tell me no anyways. So I went out there and I had the best audition because I didn't care. But not I didn't care like that, but I didn't care about, you know, if I'm going to get it, if I'm going to get it, if I'm going to get it. I just went out there and, and did the job, um, you know, do the best that I could. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting a call two weeks later. Uh, wait for it. And I started crying again when I got the call. <laughs> I got the call. I was like, crying uh, for you is the, <laughs> a good thing, though. <laughs> In the good yeah, moments. yeah, it was a good, it was a good thing. Well, first time you, you you heard my tears, I was in pain. That was that was not good. But the the last two times, uh, yes, it was really good. But they told me I was going to be the host of American Ninja Warrior, and it was just like, whoa! No, it, that's a day that's inked in my head forever. That's such a fun story. I love that. But like that, you were just more so yourself after those other moments that you didn't end up getting a yes for, but it ended up giving you a big yes. And you've been hosting the show with Matt Eisman for so many years now. 10 it's, years now. I can't believe it. I've done this longer than crazy. any other job in my life. <laughs> well, you know, you can't deny it, but it seems like y'all have so much fun on it. What do you enjoy most about working together? You know, I love working with Matt Eisman. You know, first off, it started, you know, Matt had been doing this for quite some time now, and he had done other shows prior to. So I was pretty much a newbie coming into American Ninja Warrior, into sports entertainment, because it was different from doing sports broadcasts um, in that there's just different elements to it. And I just remember Matt being so patient. My first year, let me tell you, 
I wasn't so good. I mean, I had a lot of technical issues that I needed to work through. And sometimes those things can slow down production. And Matt could have easily just been, I'm sure he was maybe frustrated on the inside, but he didn't show it, you know, and he was just so patient with me. But then that kind of created this trust and this going back and forth. Cadence, I remember stepping on him, you know, and in broadcasting, you know, he's talking, I'm trying to talk at the same time. And, you know, it took maybe, you know, a year for us to kind of get in sync. But, I mean, he's just so funny. We shoot 13 hours, um, you know, um, on our shoot days. We'll, we'll spend a couple, two, three days shooting 13 hours a day. Oh and my Matt is, is a comedian. So he has things. I'm not so much, but being around one, you think you're one. It's kind of like if you hey, you got a good friend that's a singer, all of a sudden you think you can sing. And so I tell the same jokes all the time. Matt always gets on me in front of He's like, Akbar, you tell the same jokes. Well, look, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, com- a comedian like you are. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's just super funny, super kind. Um, you know, he's always just willing to do whatever. Like, you know, and he's just like a team dude. And I think that's what makes us such uh, good teammates when we're there and good friends as well. So, um, but yeah, he's, he's a really good dude. Love it. Um, the stuff and he always picks up on anything I say. I throw some references out there and I always think Matt's not going to get this one and I'll throw it out there and he just picks it up, goes with it and does <laughs> it without even blinking. And he just, I'm like, how did you catch my reference? There's nothing, there's no reference. Hip hop, it doesn't matter what it is. TV reference, you throw it out there, 99.9% of the time, Matt's going to get it. And I think I'm going to go, I said, there's stuff that I know I watch or listen to. I know Matt doesn't listen to. And I'll go some hardcore rap reference. I'm thinking, oh, he ain't going to get this one. Hey, I'm, I'm sure he's not going to get this one. And Matt will get it. And he'll just pick up the next line. And that's how we kind of worked our puns into these shows. Um, and we've got a lot of them. But it just kind of started taking off. on a, And it has a life of its own. That's so fun. Well, you talked about your jokes. So now I'm curious. I want to hear one of them. So what's your favorite joke or, or pun you like to use? Oh, oh boy, pun. What's a pun? Well, you know, the puns actually, they, they literally come naturally because I, I usually take what will I see in front of me. But let me see. Um, you know, like, for example, you know, we, you know, if we have a father on there and, you know, he's a he's a bigger dad and, you know, he's trying to show his kids he can do ninja. And he hits a move. I might go, I love it when the, he loves it when they call him Big Papa. And then Matt will just immediately pick up the pug and finish the line. And or uh, let me see, I'm trying to think of, um, oh, there's one that I had. I'm like, um, hold on, what did I say? Um, there's a guy by the name of Booty Cocker that I'm trying to remember how it went. I put it on my Instagram, um, a Booty Cocker. And, and I said something. I'm like something but oh no booty drops you know or something like that you know but I was trying to make like a booty joke and he goes and booty gets flushed on number two and I literally fell out I mean I fell out because he saw where I was going my mind because I always try to you know told the line like I have to be appropriate but you know his name is Booty, and I can't help but to say something that is in that realm. And he does it with a straight face because he goes out on the second obstacle. But for him to think that fast, you know, when I'm sitting there trying to set something up, and he he goes, and Booty gets flushed on number two. I mean, I couldn't 
I literally broke broke character. I just had to, I had to start laughing. I was done. I was like, Matt is an absolute fool, man. He oh boy, he's the best. <laughs> That's great. So I, I call I'm more of a natural comedian in my mind because I take the elements, but Matt can take up lines. He can set them and he can nail them like like the volleyball player. He just comes over the top and just and spikes it. <laughs> Hey, well, you each have your own sections you're good at, so it works well as a team. But uh, you talked a little bit about your Instagram, but it seems like you enjoy posting fun videos on your Instagram. What are your favorite videos to make and what other things do you like to do in your free time? Well, you know, I, I love doing the video with my kids. You know, my Instagram before, it's kind of evolved and, and it really evolved during the pandemic. But at first, you know, I was the old dude. Like, I, I don't know how to use this thing. I'll just post pictures. Hey, I'm eating a salad. And put a picture up and, you know, or, um, you know, hey, watch American Ninja Warrior on Monday nights at 8 p.m. You know, and, you know, nobody was really engaging with my page like that. You know, every now and again, I might, you know, post something that is funny or something. But then it was just during a pandemic. My kids are going nuts and wanting social media. I'm like, no way. You're not getting no social media. I'm like, how about this? How about you guys, let's do stuff on my page. I, I don't do anything with my page anyways. How about we do stuff on my page? And we started just doing playing games and doing jokes and making fun. And then it just started really taking off. And I'm like, oh, wow, people responded to this. And the more we did, the more people responded to it. And it was cool. And and what I loved about it was, you know, I kind of then say, you know what, we're gonna, we got something here. And I wanted to be able to show people. And I think I realized the secret sauce was a lot of people hadn't seen fathers in that role. You know, a lot of times, and this is something that's very passionate, I'm very passionate about, is that um, fathers oftentimes in music and in uh, TV, movies, they're often portrayed as guys who don't know anything. Right. Um, they're the dumb guys or they don't know their kid's school uh, teacher or they don't know how to get anywhere. They can't do anything but work, come home and be lazy. And I thought like that's just not typical of uh, the fathers that I know. And so I wanted to be able to show fathers in a different light um, that's different from how the mass media uh, portrays. It used to be a show a long time ago, even before I was born. You know, uh, there's a show called Fathers Knows Best. But since then, there's been this movement to really kind of, you know, degrade fathers. And I'm like, and for me as a father, like I'm very in tune with my kids. And I, I kind of resent the idea that, you know, if I'm out with my kids by myself, like, oh, my gosh, where's your wife? Oh, my goodness. Like, you're with your kids by yourself. I'm like, I'm a dad. What do you think I am? You know? And so. Um, yeah, it's my job. I'm, I'm a father. What do, you, what, what do you think? What, what do we think is going on here? And so um, that kind of then took off a life on its own. I think people enjoy it because, you know, it's refreshing because it's not portrayed that way. So um, who knows? Maybe if I ever decide to become an executive producer or director in a movie, you know, that will be kind of one of those things that to, to, to show how fathers are, because there are a lot of fathers, you know, that are um, that are very good at what they do with being a father, you know? which is just I really love totally agree with that my dad is awesome as well but oh, it's cool wow. to oh. hear that you guys could bond over that because it's special to get to bond over COVID and stuff like that yeah yeah it was it was it was and, it, and it's even grown our relationship tighter too you know um now I do have to deal with the celebrity aspect of my kids 
going viral um, and having videos being watched millions and millions of times. And, and all of a sudden, the kid, their friends are coming up to them. I'm like, I was trying to keep them off of that, but their <laughs> friends are finding it. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm sure at some point they're going to continue to press me to get their own pages. But uh, I told them not until the 11th grade. So they got some time. <laughs> That's great. Okay, well, I want to do a little bit of a preview sort of thing from you. Season 14 of ANW is currently underway, but what are some things that you're most excited for for the remainder of the season or well, and or your favorite contestants that you're looking forward to watching? Well, I, I will say this. I mean, there's so many of them. Uh, it's hard to pick, but I will say what's interesting about season 14 is that this is the second year that we've uh, allowed uh, teenagers on uh, on the course and last year they took I mean they took everyone by surprise this year what we're seeing is that we're seeing the veterans they had to recalibrate because as young athletes you know they don't get hurt as much they're a lot more nimble they're flexible they can do things that you know you just can't do when you get to a certain age and so I've seen the ninjas adjust and one of my favorite stories is uh uh Lance Pekus, the cowboy ninja, he and the boss ninja, Elijah uh, Browning, spending time together uh, during the offseason and really learning from each other. And it, to me, was like, think, you know, I'm going to go old school basketball, kind of old school basketball, but think Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant going to Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan learning from Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant learning from Michael Jordan. Usually it's supposed to be one direction. Right. Yeah. You just you learn one way. And I thought, boy, isn't this the way that the evolution of athletics where you can see, especially in the ninja community, they're super supportive of each other. Um, you know, now when you get two alpha males like that, you know, highly competitive, like in um, like with a Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant, you know, sometimes they may not want to share, you know, they're like, no, I got to keep my moves for myself. But these guys were learning from each other. And so you get Lance Peak is asking, well, how you got young guys do this stuff and that stuff? And, and he said, hey, how do I prepare myself mentally to, to compete on Ninja for the long haul? Because they're the qualifying, they're the semifinals, and then there's the Las Vegas finals. And, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty big time, prime time, showtime, all time, good time. But this season is just so epic. We're seeing stuff that we haven't seen from these Ninjas before, and they're really pushing the limits. And that's why I think of all the seasons, and I love all the seasons that I've done, but this one has to be my favorite. And we've added some elements to it too. We've also seen people proposing. I'm like, that, <laughs> wow. that's when I know. I said, wow, this is, this is, I mean, we hadn't seen that before. We had three proposals so far this year. Um, I mean, soon if Matt, by the grace of God, if Matt and I do this long enough, we're going to say, boy, I remember when his dad, his mom and dad used to compete on this show. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it's, it's been pretty cool. So we're looking forward to, we're in this, um, you know, midway or midway, we're just getting started in the semifinals. Uh, so it's going to be a really, it's really going to be looking, one to look forward to. Uh, and of course, the Las Vegas finals to see the matchup who all gets lined up to go to, to Las Vegas. Yeah, that's going to be exciting to hear who makes it to stage one, two, three, and four and see if somebody can take home yes. the title. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, right. of course, we got Kate Lepsack and, you know, Kate Lepsack is, you know, he was the guy that went the furthest last year. And mm -hmm. so, so many people are watching to see if Caden can do it again. Um, but you're 16 years old. You just got to think. And you would know, right? Because you're yes. 16 years old. 
um, 16 years old. Just think about the amount of pressure. But then again, I'm talking to you, Anna. And Anna, I mean, first off, kudos to you because you've got your own podcast and you're doing your own like broadcasting and like that's pretty cool. Like at 16, I wasn't, I was still trying to think about being a pro and you're already a pro. So it's pretty Thank cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, what I always do with my guests is what I call my favorite five questions to end off the podcast. So first off, okay. what is one piece of advice you would give to the next generation of athletes? Hmm. Trust the process. Be patient with the process. Oftentimes, I think the younger generation, they want it now because everything else comes right now. But um, it takes time, but everybody gets their time to shine. That's some great advice. I love that. All right. This one is give a shout out to someone who has made an impact on your life. Oh, my dad. 100% my dad. My, his work ethic, he came to this country from Nigeria in 1974, and he had to work his whole life, I mean, hard, and he just understood what hard work was like, and he modeled that for me. He taught me never give up, and that never give up mentality, trusting the process that I just talked about, that's for my dad. Um, and so, yeah, shout out to, to my dad for sure. Mustafa. That's awesome. <laughs> you had that yeah. role model for you. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so if you had an off day and you could plan your perfect day, how would you spend it? Oh, a uh, perfect day would be in Antarctica. Um, I love to travel. I've been to 40 countries, getting ready to go to wow. my 41st country. But I want to before I'm 50 years old. And I want to do it actually like in the next couple of years. Um, but I want to go to Antarctica and say, because uh, it's my goal to go to all seven continents. So if I had an off day and I could absolutely say I had no, no other responsibilities, I'm going to Antarctica. Wow, I think that's the furthest one I've heard so far. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no one's no one's thinking about it, but I am. <laughs> Have you yeah, been to all the to other all... continents? No, so no, I've been to Africa, been to North America, obviously South America, Europe, Asia. I'm only missing Australia and Antarctica. Okay, gotcha. So... Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all right. The next one is: What sport would you play if you? Hadn't played football or basketball. Mm, football or basketball. What sport would I have played? Mm, oh, boy. That's a good one. That's a good one. You know, I probably would have played soccer. I probably would have played soccer. And that's because, you know, I talked about, you know, my mom and dad being from Nigeria. And that was... That's the, that's the world, that's the world sport, if we're honest, you know, everybody plays soccer, but I probably would have played soccer. Fun. I like that. All right. And last but not least, if you had a superpower that can make the world better, what would it be and why? Oh boy. You know what? If I had, if I, uh, it would be to hypnotize. If I have a superpower, the ability to hypnotize people, to have, uh, to have love and patience and the reason why is like i just think we live in a world that is so um so divided now it's just you know i hate it if you, if you say one thing or you think differently than somebody else um people are ready to cancel you people are ready to just tear you apart um and i just think love and patience and i'll tell you where, where that comes from it's a little long-winded but i'll try not to be um 
I grew up in a household where my mother was Christian and my dad was Muslim. You couldn't, I mean, you talk about polarity and you talk about opposite. I mean, I grew up in a household like that, but my parents, and until my mom passed, um, 30 years they were married, they modeled what it was like to be patient with each other. And no, they didn't have the same beliefs and no, they didn't have, you know, but it was like, can you imagine? But I said, that's the type of patience and love that I think is required in this world today. Because right now people just aren't tolerant for of people who don't think like them. They don't think like, yeah, I got to rip you apart. Um, and I don't feel like it was always like that. So uh, that's what I would want if I was a superhero. I'd want to be able to hypnotize everybody permanently to stay, to be able to be loving and patient with each other. I think that's a great superpower. We need more love and kindness and patience in our world today. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Akbar, for coming on the podcast today. I loved hearing about your journey in the NFL, your journey in broadcasting career, A&W, and so much more. And I look forward to continuing to watch this season of American Ninja Warrior. Thank you so much. I appreciate the support. Thank you. And you keep rocking, too. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you.